and A to Z of the Holy Land, from Arab to Zion, with Ed Kessler, founder director of the Wolf Institute. Episode 23, W for Words. Enarche en hologos, kai hologos en prostonteon, kai teos en hologos. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John 1, verse 1. Words have power. They can build or destroy, heal or harm. According to the Bible, it was through words that God brought the world into being. The first thing God gave Adam was the gift of naming animals using words to categorize and so understand the world. In Jewish tradition, Homo sapiens is described as the speaking being. For Christians, words culminated in the word, that is, the word of God, the Logos. Over the centuries, Christian theologians developed the concept in detail, and it wasn't long before the Logos became the theological designation of Jesus as God incarnate. The quotation at the beginning of the letter W from the Gospel of John imitates, as I hope you notice, the opening words of the book of Genesis, very sheet, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. A choir visiting Jerusalem improvises in a small church in the old city. Muslim mystics occasionally associated Muhammad with the Logos, but like Jews, Muslims hardly use the term mainly because they reject the Christian claim that Jesus is God incarnate, the Son of God the Father. The call to prayer from the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Yet the Quran literally means recitation because the angel Jibril, Gabriel, instructed Muhammad to Ikra bismi rabika ladhi khalaka khalaka insana min alak kra wa rabuka akram Read in the name of your Lord who created created humans from a clinging clot Read, and your Lord is the most generous. Surah 96, verses 1 to 3. In the Holy Land today, words do more than convey theology, because the choice of which word to use illustrates to what extent there exists a willingness by one side to give a respectful hearing to the other. Somewhat ironic, I think, since the 21st century is a time of instant global communication. In reality, however, Israelis and Palestinians talk less and less with one another with those with whom they disagree. The internet and the social media allow them to choose the news they hear and the voices to which they listen. What were once communities that might have watched the same news have become sects of the like-minded. Prejudices are reinforced and views made more extreme. When this is combined with no shared narrative of the past, violence is waiting in the wings. 
This is illustrated by the name of a city known by Jewish Israelis as Hebron, but called Al-Khalil by Palestinians and other Arabs. It is a place of tension and bitterness. Today, it's the largest city in the state of Palestine, that's the West Bank, not Gaza, and 225,000 Palestinians live alongside 1,000 Israeli religious nationalist settlers who hardly meet, except when contesting space. The Bible first mentions Hebron as the location of the tomb of the patriarchs, the burial site of Sarah and her descendants, including Ishmael. It was also the capital of David's kingdom before he conquered Jerusalem. Muslims believe that Muhammad visited Al-Khalil on his night journey to Jerusalem, and in the Ibrahimi Mosque there's a tradition that his footprint remains from this visit. As well as being holy, Hebron became a modern place of conflict. In 1929, anti-Zionist riots spread across Palestine, the bloodiest being in Hebron, where 67 Jews were killed. Since the 1967 war, it's become the centre of the Jewish religious settler movement, which is vehemently opposed to any attempt at normalisation of Israeli-Palestinian relations. For Palestinians who live in Al-Khalil, Israeli military protection of the small number of Jews living there is understandably, seen as part of the wider occupation. It's ironic, therefore, that the word Hebron in its Semitic origin has a range of meanings from colleague, unite, or friend. The Arabic term derives from the Quranic epithet for Abraham, Khalil al-Rahman, beloved of the merciful or friend of God, a term also found in the Bible and applied to Abraham in the book of Isaiah. Similarly, the Palestinian city Nablus is known to Israeli Jews by the biblical title Shechem. According to the Bible, Abraham travelled through Shechem on his way to Canaan, and today Nablus has a population of more than 50,000 Palestinians. It's also home to a Greek Orthodox monastery marking the place where Christian tradition recalls that Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman, as well as Mount Gerizim upon which the Samaritans built a temple in the 4th century CE. Today, the Samaritans, who derive their origin from nearly 2,400 years ago, remain in the Holy Land, half in Nablus, and each year they make an annual Passover sacrifice on the mountain. The name is derived from a Roman town, Flavia Neopolis, later shortened into Nablus after the Arab conquest in 637. During Crusader rule in the 12th century, it was briefly renamed Naples and became the second most important city in the kingdom. In the late 19th century, Sultan Abdul Hamid located the Ottoman governor in Nablus and built its main mosque. Competing over the name of a city is one thing, but replacing it is another. The adoption of Hebrew words today can erase Arab identity and emphasize Jewish continuity. For example, Sepharia near Nazareth became Zippori, its Hebrew name before the Arab conquest of Palestine in the 7th century. Another example is the city of Petetikva, which lies northeast of Tel Aviv. It was originally an Arab village called Emlapis. Archaeology provides evidence of settlement during the Byzantine era, as well as by the Crusaders. It also appears on a map prepared for Napoleon's invading army around 1799. And a song by Israeli singer Eric Einstein mentions how the village was visited by Zionist pioneers in 1878. 
Emlabis was sold by absent Arab landowners to Zionists who drained its inhospitable swamp in the late 19th century and founded Petah Tikva. Today, Enlabis has disappeared, as have numerous other Arab towns and villages from the map of the Holy Land. I'll end W for words with one final example. Which word do you apply to a strip of land along the Mediterranean that became the birthplace of the Bible? It lies at an extraordinary location offering the only available land route between Asia and Africa. To the west is the Mediterranean Sea, to the east a mountainous, virtually impassable stony desert, located between Mesopotamia to the north and Egypt to the south. Whoever controlled that strip of land controlled the major land route for trade or military activity between the great empires that rose and fell. What's that land called? Israel? Palestine? Holy land? Promised land? Occupied land? As Mark Twain said, you pays your money. And you takes your choice. Swift's returning to nest near the Western Wall. <laughs>